You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. I want you to say with me, he's the God of all comfort. Say with me, he's my comfort. He's your comforter. We have a comforter, and guess what? We don't have to smoke something, drink something, pop a pill, or shoot something to get comfort. We don't have to numb our pain out to get comfort. We have a supernatural pipeline to heaven through Jesus Christ by which we are comforted in the middle of our storms, in the very eye of the hurricane. God's people have peace, and they are to have comfort. When life gets difficult, where do you turn? Do you have people that you can turn to for comfort? Or do you feel isolated and remain in your sorrow? In today's message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that if you want to have a cornerstone in your life that you can always find refuge in, you need to give your life to Jesus. No matter how hard you work or how good your life may seem, there will always be storms that come your way. Accept God's free gift of grace and be saved from your despair. Well, Let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 as he begins his message, The God Who Comforts. Now I want you to notice that in verse 3, God has given a title. And when God has given a title, then that means he wants us to understand this is who he is. This is who God is. And he's called the Father of mercies and the God of all comforts. Now, the word comfort is from a Greek word that simply means this, to come alongside someone and help them out. I see somebody that's distressed, heavy, downcast, obviously clearly going through a problem, and I am moved with the compassion of Christ. You know, many of Jesus' miracles followed the words, he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion And when he was moved with compassion, it was like that compassion was the the oil that sort of greased the skids of a miracle. He was moved with compassion. He was moved with the desire to ease the pain of people. And, And that's one of the attributes of God. He's the God of all comforts. Picture somebody walking down the road, stooped over, carrying a heavy load on their back. And you can tell they're tired, they're weary, and it's hot out. And as you watch them, it's very, very clear that if something doesn't happen, they're going to drop under that load. So you walk up and you put your arm around them. You take that weight off their back and you hold them up and you help them carry the load. You just did Bible comfort. The Bible says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you're going to fulfill the law of Christ. This was the way of Jesus. Jesus is this way. How many of you needed comfort this week? How many of you need comfort already today? How many of you can say, God comforted me in the last few days? Amen. The rest of you, this message is for you. Because he's a God of comfort. He's the God that comes alongside us as we struggle with the different issues of life. And he helps us carry the load. Thank God that he's this way. And in this ministry of comfort, I'm telling you, it's needed today and it's going to be needed more and more and more. You look at what's happening in our culture, and I and I know that one of the great ministries of the church is going to be to comfort the distressed. Think about it. 90 million people have left the workforce. Just give you some ideas of the stress and distress people are feeling where they need to be comforted. 
90 million out of 350 million citizens, 90 million have left the workforce and quit looking. Can you imagine the stress on a home? 50 million people are on food stamps in America. And you think about international tension. Every day in the news now, you hear North Korea loading up supposed nukes. They're going to vaporize South Korea. They're going to send one our way. International Middle Eastern tensions are growing by the hour. There is no Middle East peace, and there never will be till the Prince of Peace returns. But here you've got a crazy Iran building up nuclear weaponry, saying that as soon as they get it, they're going to vaporize God's homeland. Of course, I got news for them. It's not going to happen. But that's their intent. And people in our day are feeling anything but comforted. They're distressed. And that's why I'm happy to announce to you today that we have an answer. And our answer is the God of all comfort. I want you to say with me, he's the God of all comfort. Say with me, he's my comfort. He's your comforter. We have a comforter. And guess what? We don't have to smoke something, drink something, pop a pill, or shoot something to get comfort. We don't have to numb our pain out to get comfort. We have a supernatural pipeline to heaven through Jesus Christ by which we are comforted in the middle of our storms, in the very eye of the hurricane. God's people have peace, and they are to have comfort. He sees you and me in our burdens, in our difficulties, in our hard times, in our disappointments and distresses and disillusionment and the pressures of life. And God sends comfort. Listen to how Paul bragged on him. Paul was talking out of Revelation. And he says, he's the God of all comfort. He comes alongside his people. Paul says, not only is he the God of all comfort, but that means he comforts us all the time in every situation, who comforts us in all of our troubles. Notice he didn't say some of them, a few of them. He didn't even say most of them. He said, this God who sent Jesus to die for us comforts us in every one of our troubles. He comforts us. That means when I'm sick, Jesus comes and alongside me and he's sitting on that sick bed with me. When I run out of money, He's there with me in my poverty and my need, assuring me that his provision is on the way and he's never left me nor forsaken me and never will. When I'm hated and when I'm despised, Jesus is there in my loneliness. Nobody's like Jesus. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the one who said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you, never walk out, never reject you, never disown you, never turn you aside. He's the God of all comfort. And I'm so thrilled to say, as we sang in the song, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when my time comes and your time comes, and we'll all have one, when that's our last day and our last hour and our last moment and our last breath, the comforter, the God of all comfort will be there to take our hand and walk us through the valley of the shadow of death onto the other side where he's there to greet us with a great big smile saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter the joy of your Lord. He's the God of all comfort. Now, Paul doesn't tell us in 2 Corinthians 3 and uh, the, the first three verses we read, he doesn't tell us there 
where he got this revelation. Of course, we know he got it from the Holy Spirit, but it's also from experience. He doesn't list the things right there he'd gone through, but eight chapters later he does. He tells us in chapter 11, verses 23 through 26, what he experienced as a missionary just working for the Lord, ministering Jesus to people. He said, let me, let me give you a little autobiographical sketch of my sufferings so that you can understand that I know what I'm talking about when I say he's the God of all comfort. He said, I worked much harder than all the other apostles. He said, I'm not bragging on it, but the grace of God was upon me to do it. He said, I've been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. I have looked death in the face repeatedly, chronically, over and over in my life. But he was the God of all comfort. Five times, he says, I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. You know what that means? That what Jesus got one time, Paul got five times. I can multiply that. 39 times five is 195. If you took Paul's shirt off and turned him around and looked at his back, it looked like a road map. I've received 195 lashes across my back with that cat of nine tails. But I can tell you that God was the God of all comfort. He comforted me right there. He comforted me in my pain. He says, but it didn't stop there. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones and left for dead. Three times I was shipwrecked. And one time I spent a night and a day in the open sea. He was floating on something, probably some piece of driftwood. And for a whole night and a whole day, in a deep, dark, rolling sea, he floated, not knowing if he would ever see shore again. But he said, even in that, he was the God of all comfort. He said, I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers. Listen to all these dangers. Danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my fellow Jews, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the country, danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. And you know what danger is? Danger is when if God doesn't deliver you, you're going to be killed. He said, I've been in danger in every conceivable context. And yet the Lord was the comforter in all those things. He said, I've labored and toiled and have gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. And besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. He said, my mind is on Galatia, Corinth, Ephesus, Philippi, all these different churches that he had planted and he was the spiritual overseer of and all the problems they were having. He said, I live with it every single day. It weighs down on me. And yet, God is the God of all comfort in every situation, in everything. In spite of this huge laundry list of suffering, Paul was able to say, he's my comforter in all things. If he could make it through all of those, where does that leave us? I told Kathy this week, I said, you know, I feel a little tired. My mind's a little tired. We've been really pressing hard, and all of us have. And then I thought of what I was preaching today, and I said, what, who am I to say anything about being tired? This man 
went through hell and back over and over again. And he came out saying, let me tell you about my God. He's the God who comforts you in the valley of the shadow. He's the God who comforts you in the burning fiery oven. He is the God who comforts you in perplexity and despair. There is nothing Satan can throw at you that God won't reach you with his comforts. Amen. By the comforts of his spirit, he bears us up through all difficulties and all trials. You know what I want us to do right now for a moment? Can we just lift our hands and thank the God of all comforts? And I want you to do something with me. Say, Lord, I give to you every care in my life. And I give you every burden. I roll it onto you. Finances, relationships, things seen and unseen. I roll my burden upon the Lord. And thank you, Lord, that as you take my cares, you're giving me the comforts of God. Now, church, say with me, I receive your comforts, Lord. I'm leaving this church building today full of the comfort of God and peace in the storm. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him a hand of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, how does God comfort us? Because we are supposed to be a comforted people. Isaiah said in Isaiah 40, verse 1, he said, God said to him, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. While the earth, the world is experiencing all the consequences of having rejected the gospel of Christ, yet the church is to be a comforted people. The church is to be a people experiencing peace. And so how do we experience the comforts of God? How does he get it to us? Because he doesn't come to us personally. He doesn't come to us like I am with you right now and and comfort us. So how does God reach us? I want to give you four ways to access the comfort of God. Because God doesn't want you walking around looking like you're about to snap. Looking like you're carrying the cares of the world. Let me assure you, you are not Atlas. You are a normal human being who needs the grace of God. And he wants us walking in joy. He wants us walking in peace. He wants us walking in comfort. Do you believe that? All right. That's part of our inheritance. So how do we get it? Here's four ways. First, God brings us comfort through his word. I love the word of God. Here is your comfort right here. 66 books all in one volume, you've got a library right here of the Word of God. This is not just about God. This is the Word of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration. God breathed it out by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for reproof, correction, uh, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished for every good work. And in this book, is the pathway to the comforts of God. You know, the longest chapter in the Bible is Psalms 119. I mean, you read Psalms 119, you're going to be there for a while. And every one of the 176 verses in Psalms 119, longest chapter in the whole Bible, every one of those verses has to do with the glory and the power of the Word of God. Every one of those verses brags on the Word of God. And you know one of the things it brags about? That through this Bible, we receive the comforts of God. 
Listen to what David wrote in Psalms 119, 49 through 52. He says, remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life, my very life. Your promise preserves my very life. He said, I'm suffering. Now, we don't know what it was, but he said, I'm suffering. But there's an anchor that I've got. There is something I'm going to that is helping me and carrying me. And it's the word of God. He said, your promises are keeping me from making bad mistakes from doing things I should not do, from giving up on life, from throwing in the towel, putting up the white flag. Your word is preserving my life. He goes on, the arrogant mock me unmercifully, but I don't turn from your law. I'm being persecuted. But what does David do? He goes right to the word of God in persecution. He goes to the word of God over and over again. He says, I remember, Lord, your ancient laws, your ancient word, and I find comfort in them. Thank God for his word. You know, one of the best examples we have of the word of God is when the old, uh, in the Old Testament, when the children of Israel were going through the wilderness, God fed them by this stuff called manna. When they first saw it, they named it manna because manna means in the Hebrew, what is it? I don't know about you, but I'm not going to go into a restaurant and order, what is it? I want to know what it is. But God sent it. God sent it and, and it was called, what is it? Now, here's the deal with the manna. They had to go out every morning and they had to gather it. If they didn't gather it in the morning, they didn't get it. And do you know what the thing was about manna? Is that if you tried to eat Tuesday's manna on Wednesday, it was mildewed and rotted. You had to eat Tuesday's manna Tuesday, Wednesday's manna Wednesday, Thursday's manna Thursday. What is God saying to us? You can't live on yesterday's blessing. You have got to stay in the word. And, and if you try to reach back and just live off of something that happened to you a year ago, it's going to be rotted and mildewed. Not that it's not a great memory. But you see, we need daily manna. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God on a daily basis. So when, when Mrs. When Mrs. Goldstein would send Mr. Goldstein out when they were in the wilderness, said, honey, you've got to go get the manna because if you don't get it, we don't eat today. Well, what, how, what are you going to do with it? I might bake it. I might broil it. I might microwave it. I might fry it, but it's going to be manna. And if you don't get it today, well, what if Mr. Goldstein said, well, grab some from yesterday. She would have to tell him it's rotted. We need fresh manna. And folks, God was speaking to us. The Bible says what, what happened to them back then is to teach us today. What is that teaching us today? That you need to get out every morning. You need to open up the word of God. You need to find something that feeds your soul because every day there is manna from heaven. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. It says he daily loads us with benefits, not weekly, not monthly. God's got a daily benefit for his people, but you've got to go gather it. Manna, here's your manna right here. And you know what the psalmist called it? Angel's food. So that manna is angel's food. It was supernatural. 
And this is supernatural wonder bread, the breakfast of champions. There is nothing like the Word of God. Go ahead and try life without it. Seven days without the Bible makes one week. Some of you are going to get that on the way home. <laughs> I know it's corny, but it gets it in your head anyway. He whose Bible is worn out probably isn't. You're going to get that one on the way home too, I can tell. You're going, what I mean is if your Bible's worn out, you're probably not. Because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Paul said, whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Thank God for the Word of God. He comforts us with the promises. But there's another way that God comforts us, and that is through other people. Paul says to the Corinthians, it's a confession he's making. He says in chapter 7, verse 4, Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all of our tribulation. Now notice he says, I'm in the middle of tribulation, but I've got joy and I've got comfort. I'm in the middle of tribulation, but I have joy and I have comfort. He says, for indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. We were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, inside were fears. Nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. He comforts us through other people. Listen to what he, and I'm so glad Paul told us the truth about himself. He said, we were tired. We were downcast. We were troubled. We were conflicted. We were fighting inward fears. We knew that it was wrong to be afraid as believers, but inward fears were reaching up, trying to take over our emotions. And how did God bring comfort to them? He sent a man named Titus. And Titus walked in. We don't know what he said, but I could venture to say it's probably something like this. Hey, guys, perk up. Get a smile on your face. It's not over. You're not going down. You're going through. The God who has seen you through before is going to see you through again. The sun is going to shine again. Every storm finally runs out of rain. Every storm finally the, part, the, the clouds part and the sun shines through. I'm not trying to be squishy religious. I'm telling you, storms don't last, but tough people do. And you've got to be tough in God. And so he encouraged them. He picked them up. And Paul said, this man comforted us. And pulled us out of the doldrums. And that's the mighty apostle Paul talking. And this is why I believe in regular church attendance. Let me tell you, I believe that God has called us to be in church at least once a week. You say, Pastor Jeff, where do you get that? I get that out of Corinthians, where, where Paul talked about the Corinthians meeting once a week. And these people who say, well, you know, and I've had them say this to me, Pastor Jeff, you know, uh, we just feel like we got to the place where we just didn't really need to be at church much anymore. We, you know, we, we read our Bibles and we're good with Jesus and, and we're really moving along. And, and, uh, so, so praise God. We, we, let me just translate it. We've outgrown church. Now, my question to them is, so you've outgrown the word of God because the word of God says, forsake not. Can everybody say with me, forsake not? The assembling of yourselves together. That's what we're doing right now. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the habit of some is, but encourage and comfort one another. And so much the more as you see the day of the return of Jesus Christ approaching. Can I tell you, church, Jesus is about to come again. 
This world is wrapping up. Prophecies are coming to pass like the daily newspaper. Soon there's going to be a trumpet blast. The dead in Christ will rise first. And those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then he says, comfort one another with those words. And so why do we come to church? We don't come to church to see somebody's new dress or new suit or to make a business deal. We come to church to encourage one another. No matter how great our lives are going, we all find excuses for why we can't accept who God is. Today, we learn from Pastor Jeff that if you want to maximize your potential and be the person that you truly want to be, then you need to accept God's free gift of grace and let Him take on your burdens. You'll never be able to fix it all on your own. Give it all to God and be set free. Set your sights on eternity and make impactful life changes now. If you're in the Fort Worth, Texas area, we invite you to join us this Sunday for worship and teaching. Pastor Jeff Wickwire has some great teachings that you'll hear, and it would be exciting to meet you in person. Go to hardwired.org and click on the TPC Family tab to learn all about our service times, directions, ministry opportunities, and more. That's hardwired.org. Do you ever have doubts of what God is doing in your life? Do you ever hear the voice of God but don't act on it because you don't have the courage to step out in faith? In his next message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that if you want to be closer with God than you've ever been, then you need to follow his still soft voice. He is always working everything for your good. And all you need to do is let him empower you with a vigor for his kingdom. That's all we have for today's edition of Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you can download it from our website, hardwired.org. Be sure to tune in again as Pastor Jeff continues teaching through the series, The God Who, next time on Hardwired.